0: Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And I got a huge light behind me, so I'll put my head right where where the light is. Um, So excited to have everybody with us today. And uh, and for those of you that are listening, watching, or reading Must Read Alaska, and you want to help the cause, go to mustreadalaska.com. There's a right hand side there. You can click the donate button. Every five dollars helps. Every ten dollars helps. Every twenty dollars helps. We really exist off of donations. We do have some ads and stuff, but we, we primarily exist off of small donations that folks, mostly from Alaska, but also all around the U.S., uh, give every month. And we, we are very appreciative to every dollar, every penny that folks donate. And if you like the Must Read Alaska show, you can check us out on uh, Pandora, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes samsung podcast the list goes on and on give us a five-star review we just got accepted into the samsung podcast world which is very exciting for us a big company launched uh, a, a new podcast platform primarily kind of within their tv framework and they accepted a handful of top tier podcasts from all around the globe and we were lucky enough to be accepted and so we're very excited about that we we got accepted along with you know podcast that got multi-million dollar budget. So um, we do have a special guest today, which is very exciting, Representative Sarah Vance, who is kicking butt down in Homer. She is somebody who uh, has campaigned on one thing and done one thing, and that's <laughs> told the truth and stuck to what she's going to say and it, it stuck to what she has promised and talked about, which I think is tough in the political world. A lot of folks promised the hills and then, uh, you know, kind of shy away from hard conversations once they figure out they can't accomplish what they want to accomplish. And Sarah's been somebody, Representative Vance has been somebody who folks on the Kenai Peninsula um, really appreciate the fact that she does exactly what she says she's going to do, which is very exciting for us on the Peninsula to have a politician elected official like that. She is not my representative, but she is one of my favorite representatives. So Sarah Vance, Representative Vance, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show.
1: Good morning, John.
0: It's good to be here. So for folks that have maybe, uh, you know, this is the first time hearing about you, maybe they're up in Barrow or maybe they're listening from South Dakota or even Europe. We have a big uh, following in Europe. Uh, Tell folks about who you are and where your district is and maybe what first brought you to running for uh, the Alaska State House.
1: Well, I'm a representative of the Lower Kenai Peninsula and uh, in one of the most beautiful places on earth. In fact, Homer is my hometown. I grew up here and uh, live just around the corner from where I grew up, raising my four children with my husband jeff and uh, Homer is headed one of the best places to go before you die. However, there are many people who are choosing to live a vibrant life here, and uh, we have one of the growing populations in the state so Uh, Check us out, uh, HomerAlaska.org, although my district does run all the way up to Kasilof, and now District 6 includes across Kachemak Bay to the communities of Halibut Cove and Soldovia. So uh, we did have a little bit of a border shift, nothing too great, but uh, we are a big fishing community, tourism, and uh, just a lot of people who grew up here in the community trying to make a living.
0: So you've, uh, if my math is correct, you've done two terms. You're running for a third. So uh, two questions for you. How is the uh, election coming? And kind of what made you decide to run for that uh, next term? I know some people are like one and done or two and done, or some people are like they want to do 15 terms. What made you run for that third one? And how's the election coming?
1: Well, the election's going well. It's uh, it's nice to finally feel like the training wheels in political life have come off. Uh, You know, it's when you get in, you are drinking from the fire hose because there's so many issues and uh, so many things that you uh, really complex that affect different people across the state. So, uh, you know, I I jumped in and was learning hard, but now people know me and and have that trust that they know that I'm going to do what I said I would do. So that part of the campaign is going easy, but I still have to show uh, people in Homer that I care about the things that they care about. I care about the environment. I'm going to protect Kachemek Bay. I care about their children and the future. And that's something that uh, I just need to really reveal who I am as a mom and as a girl who grew up in Homer, that those are the things that have always been present, but just simply talking about them more. And um, that goes back to the reason that I first began, that I first got in political life in the first place was because of something that was happening in my community that I said, you know, this just isn't the way that I want it to go. And in that process, people with tears in their eyes said, please do not stop speaking for us. Well, I served two terms in the House minority and worked hard and stood upon the principles, but there's clearly more work to be done. And so that's why I'm running for another term.
0: So do you think it's possible, which I think I know your answer to this, but do you think it's possible to be a conservative and still care about the environment, be a conservationist? Um, I think a lot of times, you know, if you read the news, you know, the mainstream news, they would tell you it's impossible to be a conservative and care about, you know, keeping Kachemak Bay safe and and, you know, enjoyable for generations to come. Tell me about your philosophies and ideas behind that.
1: Well, uh, obviously that's just simply not true because uh, we, we can do both. And in fact, um, the principles that I grew up on said that I need to be a good steward of the earth and uh, be responsible for everything that's in my care. And that includes the home that I live in. And uh, I was asking my children as I was trying to create some radio ads of, um, why do I care about cleaning up our district and the environment? And my 12 year old, just, she didn't even hesitate. She said, because that's where we live. And so it's a a definite connection that we have to be responsible for where we live. And that means um, finding that right balance, responsible resource management is possible when uh, you make sure that you are not taking too much and that you're being considerate of your neighbor. And that principle goes uh, as deep as you want it to go.
0: I like that. So, um, how is so that the, 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 the uh, primary just happened? Tell folks about kind of how that winded up. Uh, you know, did you come out on top? How many points are your head? Are you guys feeling confident? Um, how can, you know, if somebody wants to get involved in your campaign, how do they get in touch with you and what could they do? Are people making phone calls? Are they, do you need help door knocking? Tell us about that.
1: Well, I obviously I won. Uh, I say obviously, it's not ever obvious <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> uh, I won more than fifty percent uh, in the primary, which technically in this jungle primary, no one actually had to win because the top four will be advancing to the general. But it does help when you get the most votes, it builds voter confidence. And that's what I wanted going into this general election. So uh, on election day, I won almost 55%. And then after all of the early and absentee votes came in, I was close to 52%. And I will continue to work and build on that. I never take for granted an opponent because uh, it's a matter of continuing to stay in front of the people. So the areas that I could use help is just getting yard signs out, making phone calls, and uh, if someone wants to go door knocking with me in the Homer area, I would greatly appreciate that.
0: That's awesome. I, I don't I uh, think sometimes just the old school method of knocking on folks's doors and and uh, hearing what they have to say is always a tried and true method for folks. So hopefully people take you up on that. So recently I saw on social media that you did this um, kind of an uh, not, I don't know if it's an award ceremony, but it was a way to honor a trooper that had been shot in the line of duty tell folks about that story and what led you to doing kind of that ceremony
1: well one year ago on august 23rd in anchor point uh trooper brueggemann was shot in the line of duty and um, wounded and luckily uh it was uh not a life-threatening situation but obviously it could have been and uh Sergeant Cox, who is stationed in Acre Point and has been for quite some time, was there to be his aide, and also uh, someone who works at the warehouse grocery where the incident happened helped uh, wrap his tourniquet. Is how the rumor goes, and so uh, we I wanted to highlight public safety but honor the troopers that serve in our community because many times they do it alone, and uh, had been talking with uh, Department of Public Safety all summer about being able to present to him a legislative citation that we had passed in the legislature for him. And um, I spoke with the anchor point VFW and the chamber of commerce, and they were very excited to be a part of it. So we just co-hosted, you know, kind of a barbecue there at the VFW and invited uh, the department of public safety and Trooper Rickerman and his wife to come. And it was a fantastic turnout and uh, commissioner Cockrell of Department of Public Safety uh, even drove down from Anchorage and Sergeant Maurice uh, Hughes from Soldana and his crew came in the trooper helicopter and landed in the backyard of the VFW. So they really spoiled us. They brought a canine unit and uh, really made a a big splash in Anchor Point. But it was just really heartwarming that Trooper Brugerman said that he was treated so well by the community and by the Department of Public Safety here in Alaska that he believes if this had happened in his previous unit, he would not have received the level of care and attention that he's received here in Alaska. So I think that's a testimony to our troopers and the incredible work that they do and Commissioner Cockrell and the support, but also our loving communities that want to be there for our law enforcement officers.
0: Amen to that. You know, these guys and gals are uh, epic, and they, they. Um, I went on a ride along once uh, in uh, the Seattle area, and these folks see. You know, in our lifetime, we'll have. You know, uh, if we're lucky, only one bad thing maybe happened to us. Maybe our house gets broken into, or our car gets broken into, or, you know, we see a carjacking. If we see one of those or if one of those things happens to us, we're pretty lucky. These guys and girls see this ten times a day on their ship. Right. It's like. They see the worst of the worst every day for their 12 hour shift. And man, my heart goes out to them. I, uh, I, uh, I really like that you were able to honor that uh, officer in that way. And it's so cool that officer Hughes uh, came down. He's like a living legend for the officer <laughs> folks. He's like, um, I think his territory covers like catch Candace Soldotna. So he's got a big job. So it's, it's good to see that not only the community came out, but the, organization in which you were honoring somebody saw that as a as a opportunity and it was a big deal for folks you know just also to raise awareness that these guys and gals put their lives on the line every single day literally not figuratively they literally put their lives on the line for us to herd the part of the population who doesn't give a crap about any laws and so way to go to way to do that representative vance i think that that's a It's an important thing that we honor those folks that do this on a day in day out basis where we, you know, get to sit in our cushy little houses and not have to worry about folks (laughs) that they have to worry about every day. So um, what are a couple of the bills that maybe you are excited about uh, that you're going to work on this year that maybe you've been working on or something new you're going to tackle that you're excited about? Um, I know that the house has been in the minority for the, I think the two cycles that you've been in there, which... For folks that are listening and they're like, you know, what's what does that mean? It basically means that it's very hard to get something done if you're in the minority, uh, especially uh, the way the House has been organized. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be working on, you know, bills waiting for your time that you get back in the majority. So is there something you've been working on that you're excited about to keep working on or something new you're going to work on?
1: Well, uh, there are two bills that you are familiar with that are a top priority and one of them is election reform. I worked uh, heavily on that with Senator Schauer and uh, uh, two House Democrats that we came to a compromise on just, there's so much clarity that needs to happen in our Alaska statutes when it comes to elections that we found a lot of work that we could find agreements on between the Republicans and Democrats. And that bill uh, was so close to the finish line on the last day of session and it died in the Senate. So we are going to be bringing that forward again. But Alaskans at this process have told me, when can you get rid of ranked choice voting? Please go back to one person, one vote, like the way we've been voting in in our country for more than 250 years. They are are just so frustrated about this new voting system. So come February will be the two-year mark that the legislature can uh, begin looking at repealing that portion of the ballot measure and get back to a simpler, clarified method. method. Oh,
0: thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just, <laughs> you know, I get some church service up in here because that was, I, if you all do that, right? I think you're going to make make so many folks happy. I mean, I've talked to th- both people on both sides, Democrats, right. Republicans, libertarians who are like realizing, holy crap, I'm never going to be on the ballot again. You know, Chris Bayh got lucky this time and will be on the ballot because Tara, Tara Sweeney dropped out um but you know i think these third party folks are realizing that all the democrats and republicans have to do is stack the deck and they will never be on another ballot ever again in right. the history of alaska elections which i think is sad i think it's important to get have third party candidates on the ballot
1: well and and letting everyone really f- have the confidence that their votes going to count and uh what we found there's uh a ranked choice voting expert, if you will, who has been looking at this across the nation and it disenfranchises at least 25% of the population uh, because it's just, you have to read every detail you have to understand before you go in. So one thing that I'm telling people is that you can take a sample ballot into the ballot box with you. You, you know, just put it in your pocket or your purse and you can take your personal script in so that you You don't have that voter anxiety. You know, we all get it. We go to the ballot box and we're trying to get in and get out not take too long and be respectful of everyone around us because it's election day and you get in and you forget to turn over the page. Right. Or you forget that that down ballot person in the the bottom uh, right hand corner, which is mine. Don't forget that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and so I want to build that voter confidence again of that simple process. And that is going to be my number one priority, simply because Alaskans have asked us to. They feel like they, um, they were tricked into voting for that ballot measure without being told that it would completely reform the way we do our elections. And to me, that is just completely dishonest. So that's a top priority. The other bill is one that we discussed here on the show before, and that's my No Patient Left Alone Act. Through the past several years, we have seen too many Alaskans dying alone. Or going into surgery without their loved one being there um, just to give them that piece that they're going to be okay or maybe you have an elder in a senior home who's been isolated and they're not allowed to see their loved one or be there when they're making pretty big decisions for their medical health my bill would allow every individual to have a support person of their choice uh, at their side when they are in a hospital a medical facility senior home Whatever it is uh, that they would be able to have that person there during their most vulnerable times.
0: I love that because, you know, uh, I even had conversations with folks about this particular bill. And it's so interesting how quick people forget what happened to us just six months ago for a year and a half. The biggest hospitals in, in Alaska, I'll just speak to Alaska, not around the world, the biggest hospitals in Alaska. Forbid loved ones, I'm talking, um, you know, husbands, wives, kids from being with their other loved ones, being with their husbands or their wife or their kids while they were dying, regardless if that person had COVID or not because of COVID. And so, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here to you, Sarah, but I'm preaching to the choir of the folks that are listening that this literally happened in Alaska. Hospitals forced people to die alone. For the sake of safety and control. And for those of you that are like, no, this didn't happen. Just uh, I'll pin to the top of the page the story of the guy sitting outside of one of the biggest hospitals. I won't say their name. One of the biggest hospitals in Alaska. Sitting literally outside of the hospital, like camping in a public easement Mm -hmm. because his daughter um, was sick. And I, you know, I don't remember what she had, but I I don't think his
1: minor daughter.
0: Yeah, his minor daughter was sick, and I, I don't remember the circumstances around what she had or anything like that. But I, I remember that the hospital would not let this um, father in to see his daughter, and he just camped out there for days and days, and I believe weeks and weeks. And and Suzanne got involved, and other folks got involved. Bernadette Wilson got involved. Jamie Allard got involved. And the hospital eventually let him see her for like you know twenty minutes something stupid, but he was one of maybe he was a very he was an exception to the rule. The hospital nine times these hospitals nine times out of ten during COVID for your safety let family and friends die alone. And I just think that that is the most the dumbest stupidest thing that that Alaska, <laughs> that Alaska is was doing during COVID, and it is. It it goes across, you know, Democrat, Republicans lines. It's a it's something that affected all of us and we should all be up in arms that these that these profit hungry hospitals cared more about, um, you know, uh, the the being <laughs> looking like they cared about safety as opposed to being. Uh, letting loved ones be with loved ones while they die. So I applaud you for doing that bill. I think that it is much needed because they will do this again. I mean, there's going to be another COVID, whatever you want to call it. And they're going to do this, but even further, they're going to try to go just a little bit further next time. And a bill like this will help them stop that. So I think this is awesome.
1: Well, John, what a lot of people don't realize is that the hospitals in Alaska are still doing this. A dear friend of mine, last month, uh, had their sister-in-law die in a Matsu hospital alone. And they said it was barbaric how she was treated, that she did not die with dignity. In fact, their, um, their aged family cat died that same week. And in tears in their eyes, they said our cat died with more dignity than our sister did, and that is unconscionable here in Alaska. So don't feel that this is just uh, a matter of the pandemic issue. This is still going on in our hospitals in Alaska. And that's why the bill is still needed. My bill does not use the word COVID-19 for anything because I don't want (laughs) it to be focused about COVID. This is about hospital policy and and not just hospitals, all medical facilities and how we treat our loved ones with human dignity.
0: I love it. If you find yourself in a situation where you're in a hospital in Alaska and they're not letting you in to see a loved one that's sick or dying, use this tool. This is a phone. And we still live in a small enough, Alaska is still a small enough town where uh, these hospitals fear bad PR more than they fear shutting down one person because they believe you won't do anything. They believe you'll shut up and do exactly as they say, put their butts on Facebook Live and put the camera in their face. That would be my advice to you up until Sarah, up until representative Vance passes her bill then you don't have anything to worry about. But if you find yourself in a situation where the hospital is bullying you to not go see your dying wife, stick the phone in their face and go on Facebook Live and ask them to repeat what they just said, and you'll see how quickly they will change their tune. Um, so uh, moving on to a different subject, I think that's awesome. Those two bills are very, very important. My question, my last, one of my last questions to you is this, Representative Vance, do you think the House has it in them this year to be organized as a Republican House?
1: I do. Uh, We have a lot of momentum going on right now. And, you know, when you're the minority for several years, you learn a lot of lessons and you learn how to play nice in the sandbox. You know, working together as a team is vital. And being able to be respectful of each other and how you need to represent your district is something that I think we've learned along the way to make room for each other and um, how to govern. That is going to be the big test is how are we going to govern and still uh, not kowtow to the binding caucus, but make room and be responsible uh, legislators that Alaskans are asking us to be. And I'm really proud of our team and just the. Uh, the cohesiveness that we have—we communicate with each other on a regular basis because we actually like each other. We uh, go fishing together and and go to lunch and just hang out together. And when you uh, people to do business with people they like, and I think that will make our job of governing a lot easier because we can work out the differences uh, in in a positive way and still be able to get up and get the job done.
0: Yeah, it's almost uh, you know for the political insider folks the last couple cycles of House speakers have been uh, a bit of a mess. And I think we're hopeful. It's nothing personal against the folks that have been the Speaker of the House. It's just been a mess. And I think the folks that are uh, leading conservative are excited about the potential opportunity to be have Republicans be organized and to actually have a Republican as the Speaker of the House. You know, the, the papers, uh, you know, the mainstream media has said, well, you've had a Republican Speaker of the House. Why do you guys care so much about heaven? And I think folks that are the, you know, uh, day in and day out, they live and breathe pl- political stuff. They're excited for an actual Republican to be the Speaker of the House. So I'm excited that you think that there's a possibility that the Republicans are going to get organized and I will take that as a win. So, um, so last question to you, this representative Vance. Tell folks how they can get a hold of your campaign. What's your website? If somebody wants to donate, what's a good email or phone number? Or how does somebody get a hold of you on Facebook? Tell us all about the channels that folks uh, can get a touch with your campaign. As you uh, will be campaigning until uh, the election, I guess is November eighth. So you need help between now and November eighth.
1: Absolutely. And every little bit helps, just like you said, even five, 10, you know, $50, whatever you can give is uh, is so beneficial. And I really stretch my dollars. So you can go to saravance.org to be able to find a link right there on the face, uh, on that first page to be able to uh, make an online donation. And uh, really if you want to stay up to date with what I'm doing, you can find me on Facebook at Boat Sarah Vance and I'm on several other social media pages. But I try to keep people up to date on what I'm doing. And then I'm still working as a legislator. So I have a lot of legislative business on my Rep Sarah Vance uh, Facebook and social media pages just to keep people engaged into the process. And one of the things that I posted on my Vote Sarah Vance page is that today, the division of elections is going to do the tabulation at 4 p.m. So pop your popcorn. It's going to be an interesting day.
0: Yeah, we'll have uh, Must Read Alaska will be um, we'll have that live feed on our um, on our Facebook. So if, for folks interested, tune in at four o'clock. You can either go to the v- Division of Elections Facebook or you can go to our Facebook and we'll have that. My guess is it's going to go very quick, but it'll be a it'll be very interesting because yeah. the Oil and Gas Association is having a candidate form that at the exact same time that these votes are <laughs> <laughs> tabulated. So you're going to have, um, Sarah, uh, former governor, Sarah Palin, Mary Patola and Nick Begich all sitting on a panel discussing why they're better than each other, you know, better than each other. And they're going to get the results, uh, as that's happening. So it'll be, it'll make for an interesting and awkward moment when one person realizes they've won probably and the other two realizes they haven't. So, um, sure. but, uh, Thank you, Representative Vance, for coming on the Must Read Alaska show. And for folks interested that live in the Homer area, I really want to encourage you to get plugged into uh, Representative Vance's campaign and, uh, you know, stop by her office. I'm sure she has, you guys have a local office there in Homer. Where is it located for your legislative stuff?
1: For the legislature, we're right downtown on the corner of Pioneer and Bartlett. And I do have a staffer working there that can help you with whatever you need.
0: Awesome. So stop on down to the office and, you know, anything, uh, you know, constituent related, I'm sure that office would love to help out. And so uh, for folks interested, uh, I'm going to have another show today. And thank you, Sarah Vance, for moving our time around because I couldn't move the other time around. So at nine o'clock, I'm going to have Pastor Matt from Anchorage, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, I'm excited that he's coming on the show. So tune in here in a half an hour or so. And uh, Representative Vance, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, uh, from somewhere in Alaska, I'm John Quick signing off. Thanks, Sarah.